Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you so much for joining me. I got a cool thing from Spotify this week, which was my 2022 wrap-up for my podcast. And I know toward the end of the year, I was kind of gappy, but it was kind of an amazing year, amazing wrap-up that they sent to me. Uh, and I was going to read some of the stats from it. And, then to, and I'm also going to talk about the I, we, they stages of business. So to start the 2022 wrap up, we just crossed 61,000 listens. And that's just to me amazing that 61,000 times somebody heard the message from the Blue Collar Gold podcast. But there were some other fascinating stats. So we put out about 1,077 minutes of new content. 92% uh, more than other creators in this space. So although I felt like I was being lazy and and not doing it as much as I should, I still was in the top 8%, so I'll take it. Um, The number one listened to podcast of this year was number 152, and it was called I Want to Be in Your Seat. Uh, that was about that kid who just wanted to go out on his own and be uh, be sitting where I'm sitting. And years later, he still hasn't even doesn't even have a job. But I have to tell you, probably my favorite one was 155 Bob Ferrari. But uh, that was interesting. That number 152 was listened to 260 percent more than the average listen that I had. Uh, also, what was cool was we we're in 24 countries. Number one is U.S., but number two is Australia, three is U.K., four is Canada, five is Netherlands. So thank you to all of our uh, all of our listeners across the world. Super cool. Just amazing to see what what can happen. Also, we're in the top 20 percent most shared podcasts um, of all podcasts. And most of the way people share the podcast is through text. They text my podcast to other people to listen to it. Uh, also, we're in the top 15 most followed podcasts in the uh, in the podcasting world. So those are some quick updates. Again, thank you so much. There was a bunch of other stats and I'm uh, super proud and happy of that. It's a you know very basic podcast. I don't have a ton of production value in it. Um, I sit down, I talk to you once a week. I, I did 27 podcasts. So on average, I'm probably coming to you once every other week. But I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to try at least get 40 this year. Uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening, and importantly, sharing the information that you think is valuable. So this week, I do want to, I will say I am, I just started this 75 hard program, which is a workout routine. I'm five days in and man, I'm tired. The, you can look it up on the internet. It's a, 75 days of two workouts a day, no alcohol, eating clean, eating right. Uh, this two workouts, two 45 minute workouts, one of them has to be outside and they can't be back to back. They have to be three or four hours apart. Uh, you have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 minutes a day. Uh, you have to take a picture of yourself uh, every day and, you know, like in shorts. 
And overall, a simple yet hard process. And uh, man, from not working out for a while to working out twice a day and eating right, my body said no at first. So I'm. This is my fifth day in. So now it's seventy hard, and uh, I'm starting to feel better, uh, but still tired. So wish me luck. Um, so let's talk about stages of growth. And I saw this on a listening to a business guy the other day, and he mentioned the I, we, they stages of growth in a company. And I'll explain them to you, and then I'll kind of go back into them, uh, kind of what it was when I went through them and what I see out there. So I is clearly when you're a small business just starting out, you're focused on revenue, you know, customer acquisition, learning the trade, that kind of thing. Then there's we, which is when you're building teams. And then there's they, which is when you kind of say they are doing it. So let's talk about the I, I phase. That's, you know, that's all. Everybody starts there. Some people never get out of that phase and that's fine. It's whatever you want. Um, it took me 17 years to get out of the I phase, which is me doing it all pretty much. I would have helpers and time to time people that would help me, you know, on some big projects. But in, in general, it was me doing everything, writing the writing the paychecks and, you know, customer acquisition, doing all the work. And then but to me, the main thing in the I phase and this is really common in the chimney industry, is that we didn't know there could be anything other than I, pretty much. There was a few companies that had grown, but overall, we were mostly all I's anyway. We were, you know, a small trade organization. Nobody had really built a lot. And, you know, there was, that's just what it was, you know. And all trades and all businesses can be in the I phase. And typically what I've learned with people who are kind of stuck in the I phases, trust. They they don't trust people to hand off work or they're not good leaders. They simply can't have people follow them. If if you're stuck in the I phase and you've you've wanted to get out of it, or you said I tried to get out of it and I couldn't, there's typically something in there that is causing you to revert back. And Typically, it's leadership. If you want to do it but can't, there's something about you, your system, your process that makes people not want to stay. Now, that being said, the best leaders in the world lose people, and you're going to lose people. But if you losing people makes you not want to hire more people, that's kind of a you thing as well. That's in your brain. It's how you think about people, how you think about things. You know, do you like people? Like a lot of people want to build a business, but they don't like people. Well, if you don't like people, you're going to have a real hard time growing a business. It's just not going to work that way. You could grow a very profitable small business. I have a friend of mine that has a, he's one of the richest guys I know. He's a one person carpet cleaning company and he makes, he's the best and he makes crazy, crazy money for cleaning tapestries and high end stuff. And like he's, it's, it's crazy money. If I told you what it was, it would, it would blow your socks off. It's the most money I've ever heard of anybody making in a, a one person operation, but you can't work for him. It's impossible to work for him. He, he, he can't like working for him. He's just a kind of a strange guy. Um, and you just, he, he doesn't trust people. He just, but he's amazing at what he does. So, 
you know, that's the I phase of business. And that's where a lot of people are. That's where I was for a very long time. And really what it took for me to get out of the I phase moving into the we phase was a belief that I could build 10 trucks. I could, you know, I've talked about it a bunch. I saw an operator, Jim Brewer, have a 10 truck business. And I'm like, then all of a sudden I saw that he had a we around him. He may have even had they, but he for sure had we a group. He was scuba diving. He was skydiving. He was motorcycle riding. And he was living amazing life, and he had a business that was working with and without him. And all of a sudden, I could see we in my future. Um, and I, I moved into that. Now, man, the we phase is tough because now you got to pay for people that may or may not pull their weight. You've got to buy mistakes from people that you're like, why? I mean, why would you do something this stupid? You have to put your name on crappy work that happens, and you're like, you know, it's embarrassing when sometimes that when you start to grow into this phase. But also, to me, the we phase may have been the funnest in some ways because you're like a team of Navy SEALs. Like everybody's in it. Everybody can. Everybody can do everything. Everybody needs to do everything. You're out there, and you're a bunch of generalists, as they say. You know, you haven't moved into total specialist yet. You're generalist. So, man, in general, you guys can get it all done. It is super fun. It is, and it is, um, you know, kind of what brings your culture. I see a lot of guys on Facebook in the we phase, in this Navy SEAL phase. And it's so fun at that stage. It just is. But you will you will also have to move out of a group of generalists into a group of specialists. And then that becomes a different phase. Now, for me as an owner, when I started getting specialists, I also started having making more money and I could hire kind of more expensive uh, consultants, more expensive people to help me run the business that had run big businesses. And all of a sudden, for me as the owner, it got a lot easier. When it moved into they, like we is kind of like 1 million to possibly 10 million. You're not going to cross over 10 million in the we phase. You kind of have to move to the they phase in to cross that, that threshold. But, you know, when you get into the they, that's when they are kind of doing everything. They are doing it. They're converting the customers. They're selling the customers. They're acquiring the customers. They're taking care of all of those kind of things. At the same time, you're a little bit more distant. You, you may not know your customers at all. I The one thing I loved about it in the I and we phase is I really did know my customers. And it's funny now when they when they ask for me or they, you know, they, they talk about me. I remember them. I remember their fireplaces. I remember them as people. Uh, I made true friends with them. And in the they phase that we're in now, I don't know them. I rarely know them. I might go out there and I might meet three customers a year. Maybe I know almost none of my powder coat customers. I know very few of my chocolate customers, unless you're a friend of mine already. And like at Christmas, I really loved working in the 
in the counter area and even delivering the chocolate. And I just loved getting in there and doing the work because I like the people. And I loved hearing people that love us and love all of our stuff. And I know that I, I only thing I had to do with it was I set up the system, but I have pastry chefs and people that help me make it. And, you know, of course we run it, but you know, what we've created is a complete they. Now that's, that's not over a million dollar chocolate business, but it is a, I, when I was doing we and I, that was when I was learning. But now every business that I start is an immediate, pretty much we, then they. As fast as we can, we go we, they. It's almost never I. In the powder coating business, it was never I. I do not know anything other than how to direct it, how to make sure things are getting done with the help of my management team. That being said, man, I got to tell you, we signed two huge jobs, two huge contracts, the biggest contracts I've ever signed of any business in my life in the last uh, 30 days. Well, 60 days, I should say. And um, man, it's exciting. It's exciting because the, pre- the powder coat business is in a way so simple. It's so much simpler than chimneys or chocolate, and it's a higher profit margin. So we uh, we are excited about it. But that is kind of the stages of business. I, we, they. And so I think, you know, if you're listening and you're in any of those stages, most people are, are in the I and we stage. So, you know, let's talk about how you can move through those divisions um, or those sections in your business. You know, we've identified them, but then how do you move through them? So one, I mean, I'm going to just tell you the main way I've moved through them is through reading and mentorship, coaches, consultants, in bringing other people into my business. I don't think, I simply don't think you can do it without getting outside help, outside people looking at what you're doing for you. And uh, now don't get me wrong, maybe you can, but I couldn't myself. And I see people that get stuck and they, they simply don't have anybody outside looking at what you're doing and being critical. A lot of times as owners, we don't want to hear anybody being critical of us. And it can be very painful when somebody comes in and calls your baby ugly. But I welcome it. I bring people in. I'm getting ready to bring in a new executive coach. I'm super excited. He's he's worked with companies that are... Uh, you know, close to half billion dollars. He's uh, he, he's going to be my newest executive coach, and I cannot wait to work with him. And uh, he's built very, very big businesses himself, and he said he would work with us. I'm just telling you that that's the way you really do it is to get people to help you and coach you and criticize you and point the direction. Um, not Facebook people, not. I mean, so it actually comes in your business. And for years, I've been part of a mixed group management information exchange, you know, 14 to 15 other chimney companies, and we help each other a lot. And that's been super helpful. And there's all those kind of things do help you. But I was reading another article about the top 10 reasons companies need internal coaches. And I'm just going to read that to you. Number one is to accelerate change. Implementing an internal 
uh, coaching program is a great way to, for employees and teams and organizations to quickly facilitate and adapt to change. So we've talked quite a bit about, you know, EOS and traction, and that's kind of one of those things about internal coaching, um, empowering people, um, you know, uh, see, I just, I, uh, coaching empowers people, uh, when they feel empowered, they make great things happen. Number three, you need to, and you have coaching, you have, can improve your culture. Cause you know, sometimes when you're talking to your people, they kind of get tired of your voice saying things. And there's times a coach can come in, say exactly what you've been saying. And all of a sudden it makes sense to your employees where you're like, I've been telling you that for years. And I'm like, Oh, I heard it from, you know, whoever I heard it from Mark, you know? And so, uh, but sometimes they need another voice coming at them. Uh, clearly it can increase your sales. Uh, when people have a good culture and they have coaching, Alan Rush has been on the show many times. And, uh, you know, when you have outside consultants like him or Tim Reed, those guys help your sales, uh, helps drive results, helps develop new behaviors. You know, that's another thing where you, um, you know, you can get in a rut if you don't have any outside input. Uh, and, and a lot of times like business owners will go to conventions, they'll go to events and they come back and they try to spread it among the, you know, the, the troops. And that doesn't necessarily work sometimes, you know, you, you need to, you need to have people come in, you need to send them places so that we get new behaviors. Uh, number seven was they create leaders. Clearly, if you're going to move to the we and then the they stage, it's all about you developing leaders. It's not more about you putting more on your shoulders, you doing more as a leader. It's about you developing leaders inside of your company. And we've developed some great leaders, and it's very exciting to see them take on things and do things. And it's so it's so refreshing. And as a business owner, it it's rewarding to me because I'm sharing the I'm sharing it with the team. They feel the stress, but they also see the wins, and uh, and that that can be hard for me as an owner too to make sure that I keep that in front of them. But clearly, creating leaders is the only way you move through these steps. Number eight was to retain employees. Clearly, um, progress is what employees need to see when in a business, if they can see progress, they will stay with you. If they can see progress in their own life, if they can see progress in the business, that is the business actually getting better? Are we going somewhere? Am I on the bus that's going somewhere? Is this, is this train leading me somewhere or is it dead end? You know, for years we just had, you know, you, you came to work for me and then you worked on chimneys. That was kind of your, you know, your career path. Now, I don't always have career paths in my chocolate business. There's not a ton of paths other than right now while we're building it is, you know, I have a clear manager and I have, you know, the people who work with her. We are developing some other paths on customer service, Internet sales, those kind of things. But in general, you know, the smaller the business, the fewer the paths are, the more hats everyone has to wear. But as we grew and one of the reasons I feel so passionate about growing is it helps me develop more opportunities for the people that have been with me. So it helps you retain employees. Number nine was uh, it helps you manage talent. 
the use of internal coaches can enable an organization to integrate coaching uh, into training programs, leadership development initiatives, and succession planning. Now, again, this this article is about internal coaches, but I'm going to just talk about coaches in general. But internally, people like to teach and people like to be, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of get addicted to teaching and they, they, it's a little bit of an ego boost for them because they are the teacher. They love teaching because they like being the one with all the answers. And there's some people that just have the heart of a teacher because they want to see you do better. They literally, and you can tell the difference. Like when you listen to people teach, you can tell if they're teaching to boost their own ego or they're teaching to truly help you. And man, when you get in, when you listen to somebody that has the heart of a teacher and they have the heart to help you understand not to boost their own ego, uh, man, that's, that's a great teacher. And I love being taught by those kind of guys. And then lastly, number 10, it says it improves customer relationships. Employees that are coached, employees that are in leadership positions, they are great for your customers and they will help you build a much stronger, better business. So I'm going to wrap it up with kind of a philosophy that, you know, correction causes you to grow. You know, correction in your life, correction in your business causes you to grow. And, you know, if all of the greatest athletes that you've ever heard about, read about, know about, all have coaches. They all have strength coaches and shooting coaches and driving coaches and all of the, everyone has coaches that is a high level person. And what does that coach do? They correct them. They say, hey, your shot's off. Hey, your reaction time is off. Hey, you need to look at this. You need to look at that. They're paying these people crazy money to correct them. The best people on earth in every single level pay for correction. Yet, if you don't have that in your business or your life, you don't have someone that is correcting you, helping you, you are the one in control of what of you. And then therefore you're missing out on what's really needed, which is correction. You know, when you're the only one that, um, that has that, that, you know, focuses back on you, it kills growth. It absolutely kills growth. You can't really grow. You don't, you need somebody to look at you, look at your game, look at your business, look at your life and go, no, or, hey, this is great. This isn't great. You know, we all, if if you played sports at all, you had those coaches that you love, yet they probably were the hardest people on you. You know, my wrestling coach, Ray Black, I'm still friends with him today. But man, I can still hear that guy yelling at me, stoner, you fish. That was in wrestling. That's what we call people that would just flop around on the mat. You're a fish. Stoner, don't be a fish. Get off your back. Come on. You know, and, but the guy loved me. The guy cared about me. The guy still does. And he's done that for literally hundreds, if not thousands of other wrestlers because he, because he told you, do this better, stop doing that. Stop doing that was probably the main thing, right? He would show you the right thing to do. Here's how you do it. And then do nothing but, you know, yell at you, correct you, uh, 
but cheer you on too, right? You can still see that coach in your life super excited when you are winning. You can see that coach in your life being just so proud of you when you pulled it off, when you did the thing. Well, you know, coaching now is, you know, I, I, I don't really coach. I do consulting, but I still get that feeling of, you know, I when I see you win, I'm excited. I, I mean, I guess there's some ego in it because, you know, I helped you. And I'm like, see, you know, and I guess that does boost my ego. But really, I'm happy for you because I know of what, you know, your life can be. And I know what, uh, you know, that you are stri- striving for something that you want to be better. <laughs> My daughter's getting ready to box in a boxing match on March 3rd. And she knows nothing about boxing. She's learning. She's working out. She's getting beat up. She she got punched in the nose pretty hard yesterday. And she's like, wow, that hurts. Of course, she's being coached. But at any level of boxing, they have coaches. They have multiple coaches. UFC, they have got multiple coaches. Even the best in the world has coaches. So again... If you want, if you're happy where you are, don't change a thing. Don't, don't, whatever I just said in this podcast, just forget it. But if you want something different, you need to understand where you're going and you need to understand that you have to have help to do it. Now, lastly, not all coaches are good. Not all coaches can help you because you try to coach and they weren't good. Doesn't mean another one won't be good. And sometimes you outgrow your coach. I've had people that coach me and pretty soon uh, or at some point they couldn't help me anymore. And you could kind of feel it and they could know it. A good coach will tell you, hey, uh, time to move on to the next level coach. Now, sometimes next level coach is very expensive. I remember when I started working with Larry Wingett to help me with some things. He was an expensive coach, but he was, that was the only way I was ever going to be around somebody of that level. Seven time New York times bestseller, uh, public speaker, hall, a professional speaker, hall of fame member. How am I going to get around a guy like that? Well, I got to pay for his time. I got to pay to be around him. And man, sure enough, it changed my life being around those people. One, seeing how they work Two, having them be critical of me. You talk about being nervous, that guy being critical of you, he helped me write my book. He helped me name the book. He was critical of my book. He said, this matters. This doesn't matter. Like he's very blunt. And so, you know, I paid a lot of money to be around those people. And my next level of coach that we're getting ready to start with, they, these guys are expensive. They, 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 and, and that's fine because if they were cheap, I don't think I would value them as much. But because I know how valuable they are and they are expensive, it makes me, you know, I got more skin in the game. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try harder. And so, um, you know, that's that's my next that's my my recommendation for you. If you want to move to a different level in 2023, get a coach. If you want to move to a different level in, you know, physicality, get a get a physical coach, get somebody in the gym, get a personal trainer, Um John Meredith told me one time, if you really want to get in shape, get a personal trainer because then you're, you know, responsible, you know, accountable for somebody else. Um, and I did that for a while with Orange Theory. Now, in the 75 hard, I'm, I'm my own trainer. But 
business coaching, um, relationship coach, whatever you want to have help in, don't be afraid to reach out and get that help. Get out there. The best in the world to have coaches, you should have a coach too if you want something different in your life. All right, guys, that's my time for this week. I hope you had a good one. Thank you for such a great year, 2022. Let's see if we can have a better 2023. It's already starting off great. It's starting off great for me. I hope it's starting off great for you. And uh, let's kill it this year. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.